Hey everyone, thanks for checking out Limitless Podcast. We are the young adult community of House of Prayer Church in San Antonio, Texas. Our hope and our prayer is that through this message, you will be encouraged and inspired to know Jesus more, no matter where you are on your faith journey. Enjoy the message. Today, I'm actually going to be starting a new series uh, for the next few weeks. It's called Thrive. Bump your neighbor, tell them to thrive. Thrive. I'm going to be talking to you. If you have your Bibles, John 21, y'all could go there. Um, uh, I want to talk to y'all on the topic today of uh, better than normal. Better than normal. I, I know these last couple of months during this uh, quarantine, during uh, the pandemic that's been going on, you probably, it's probably crossed your mind. The thought of, I can't wait till things get back to normal, right? <laughs> Am I the only one? Um, but I want to talk to y'all today uh, on living life better than normal. Um, and the definition of the word thrive, uh, in the dictionary, it means to prosper, be fortunate, successful, to grow or develop vigorously, to flourish. Uh, how many of you want to thrive? I know I, know I do. Um, but we're gonna, I'm going to read the, basically this word thrive or the, this series thrive came out of um, the scripture that I read in my, my readings this past week. It's Deuteronomy 28, verse 2 uh, through 6. It says, you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. Doesn't that sound awesome? Now I know some of you, you don't have crops. <laughs> you don't have, um, I don't know, uh, herds and flocks. Um, but that today that represents, I mean, everything that you, your hands possess, everything that's under your, your uh, stewardship, everything that's under, that God's given you, all of your resources. So everything that you put your hands to will be blessed. I don't know if you, about you, but I want to be blessed and I want to thrive. Um, so our main text, John 21, if y'all guys go there. Now, the, now John, the book of John, I've mentioned this many times. This is my favorite book in the Bible. And uh, the book of John, is, it's, a, it's a gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So you're going to read, when you read the gospels, you're going to find a lot of the same similar stories um, about Jesus. But the book of John is um, it's different than the rest of them because, it, it's, of course, it's from the perspective of uh, the, the Apostle John. And it was also written many, many years, um, about 60 to 70 years after Jesus had already um, ascended into heaven. So it's, 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 it's pretty crazy. Um, but if we go to the, John 21, I'm going to read and starting in verse 1. That guy's there? Awesome. So it says, later Jesus appeared again. So this is well, just a, a little bit of context to this passage. This is right after Jesus got crucified and right after he resurrected. Okay, so this is life completely got turned upside down for these disciples that were following Jesus for three and a half years. And after this happened, they, they, they saw Jesus get crucified. They saw uh, everything that happened to him. So their world completely turned upside down. Like, like a lot of people that's been going on in the world, their, their worlds have turned upside down. But it says, later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. So that's important. We're going to come back to that. We'll come too, they all said. 
So they went out into the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the, on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved, which is John, said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from the shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire, and some bread. Bring some of the fish you just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were about 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. So um, I'm, talk I'm talking to y'all guys on the subject of better than normal. And I want to I wanna highlight verse 3. So this is after a shaking happened in the disciples' lives. And Simon Peter says, I'm going fishing. So why is that significant? It's significant because Simon Peter hadn't fished in three and a half years. That was his livelihood. That's, that, that's what he was doing before he had met Jesus. And then Jesus came and said, I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. He turned Peter's life upside down and all these other fishermen, and they began to follow Jesus and, and live life following Jesus. But now when Jesus was gone, he says, I'm going fishing. So this represents, this represents not going back to sin necessarily but I believe this represents going back to normal a life that's normal and maybe through these last few weeks I don't know how, how y'all's lives have been um, I'm not sure if, if you've gone back to normal that could be an old habit that you've gone back to uh, it could be a, an old perspective that you may have used to have had and um, Maybe at one time you got rid of that perspective, but maybe you're back thinking the same way you used to. It could be an old way of living. Um, I'm not sure. It, only you know. But normal. What, what does normal look like? Normal, um, I don't know. <laughs> How does normal look like to a lot of people? It, it could be staying up to 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., um, and not waking up to 1 p.m. and 2 p.m. every single day. I don't know. That, that's normal for a lot of people, right? A lot of folks out there. Um, normal, I don't know, it, it, could be, um, it, it, it could be a lot of things, okay? But like I said, it's not necessarily sin, but it's just an old, going back to an old way of the way you used to live. Um, but let me, let me address some things really quick. What does going backwards, uh, what causes us to go backwards? I want to ask that question. What causes us to go backwards in life sometimes? I believe it's, it's a few different things, but I want to highlight four different things of what causes us to go backwards. Uh, number one, I believe discontentment causes us to go backwards. Yeah, you could be living life and, and you're, not, you're not content with where God has you or where God has brought you or what, what your life is producing right now. So you're just discontented and it may cause you to go backwards. Uh, another thing is um, boredom. <laughs> How many of you have felt bored the last couple of months? Boredom could cause you to actually go backwards sometimes. Um, another thing, lack of purpose. 
you just you, you just don't know what to do. You don't you don't know um, where to go. You're you're not walking with purpose. You're kind of just um, just living life day by day. No no not really any goals or um, you're not going towards anything. Uh, another thing I want to highlight is is disappointment. Maybe something you're disappointed somehow some way. Um, through a relationship, through a family member, through something, a job loss, some sort of disappointment or discouragement can cause you sometimes just to go backwards and just, okay, forget it, I'm just going to go back. This is not working out. Um, but I, I want to I continue. So that was verse 3, but let's check out verse 5. Check out what Jesus asked them. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? How many of you know when Jesus asked something? He's not asking because he doesn't know the answer. He's asking because he wants to be included. This is really important, and I love reading scriptures when Jesus asks a question to somebody. It's so intriguing. There's so much purpose behind everything that Jesus has said through his word. And I believe he's asking them, he's saying, have you caught any fish? In other words, are you satisfied with where you're at? Because remember, they're going back to normal. They're going back to what was familiar to them. They're going back to their old way of living. And he's asking them, are you satisfied with where you're at right now? He's asking them, did you, are you, did you find what you're looking for? And I want to ask you all that today. Are you, maybe are you discontented? Are you um, bored with life right now? Are you lacking purpose? And I believe that's what Jesus is asking us today. He's asking us, are, are you tired of trying it without me? Are you tired of trying church without me? Are you tired of trying work without me? Are you tired of trying relationships without me? And I believe that's what, what Jesus is speaking tonight. Um, but I do want to give y'all, I want to show y'all three ways to live better than normal. Okay. So we're talking about better than normal. Three ways to live better than normal. We're going to look at uh, Simon Peter's example here. So let's continue to verse 7. So it says, Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, check this out. When Simon Peter heard, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, and jumped into the water. So my first point, the first way to live better than normal is to jump out of the boat. Jump out of the boat. And what does this represent? What does this mean to jump out of the boat? I believe this means make up your mind about God. I believe there's a lot of people, do, even here, that don't have their mind made up about God. They're not convinced. They're not convicted. Um, and your actions or your words prove that. Okay? So make up your mind about God. Jump out of the boat. That's what Peter did. Peter jumped out of the boat. He jumped out of the boat of normal. Normal is doing what everybody else is doing. Normal, uh, but I'm telling you guys, God is calling us to jump out of what everybody else is doing. He's calling us to live above, uh, above the standard, right? That's what his word says, to live above reproach. Um, but like I said earlier, what does normal look like? No normal could be I don't know. I'm just trying this Jesus thing out. A lot of people have that perspective. I'm trying Jesus out. I'm, uh, I'm trying until I realize this Jesus stuff doesn't work. I'm trying 
uh, this G- Jesus out until I get what I want. I'm trying. Let me tell you something. Jesus um, is not some free trial <laughs> that you try for 30 days, and if you're not completely satisfied, you get your sin back. <laughs> um, no, we've got to stop living life like that, where we're just trying out Jesus. Um, or, or, I don't know, it, it's... We're, we're trying as long as everything is going good, and then as soon as something bad happens, right, then that's, that's what shipwrecks our faith. And I see that time and time again, where, where people are living for God until something bad happens, or people are living for God until something really good happens. Like they get the job that they were praying for, they make the money that they're hoping that they would make, and then we never see them again. <laughs> or they, they get that relationship that they're praying for, and then we never see them again. So they're on a trial with God. And I believe there's people here that are on a trial run with Jesus. And I, and I want to uh, inspire and encourage you to get out of that way of thinking. Jump out of that boat of normal, of being on a trial with Jesus until something happens, until something bad or good happens. Um, so make up your mind. Bump your, neighbor, bump your neighbor again and tell them, just make up your mind. Life is better when you're all in. I'm telling you guys, if you're discontent right now, you've got to jump all the way in. Like Peter. There, the thing about Peter, he jumped all the way in, so there was no going back. He, he couldn't go up and climb the boat. And No, he, he made up his mind. He jumped into the water. He knew what he was running towards. He knew what he was running away from. Um, what else does normal look like? Normal looks like religion. There's a lot of people out there doing religion, and they do it well. <laughs> they know all the songs. They, they, they go to church every Sunday. They, they do all of that. Um, they know how to act in front of people, but there's no relationship. They don't, they don't know the, the voice of God. They don't know. Um, they don't talk to Him. They don't take time out of their day to honor God. Or they're there, they're here because it's familiar, it's comfortable to come out here. It's fun to hang around other people for whatever reason. But we got to get out of the boat of normal religion. What's inter- interesting to me about this story in John 21, this is the last miracle that Jesus performed or that Jesus did in front of these disciples. Um, but what's interesting about this is this was actually the very first miracle that they saw him do, that these fishermen. So uh, when Jesus was first introduced to Simon Peter and to th- these other fishermen, he, um, you can read about it in the beginning of the Gospels, but he, he actually pushed Simon Peter's boat out. He got into the boat. Or he actually told Simon the same thing, cast your net on the other side. And, um, and, and what did Peter say? He said, Lord, you're too holy for me to be around. Um, and and he, was an, he was awestruck by the miracle of Jesus. And then this is the very last thing that Jesus, they see Jesus do again. Is he, said, he tells them the same thing. Throw the net on the other side. And this is not a carnival cruise ship. <laughs> this is a small fisherman boat. And these are professional fishermen that were trying to fish all night and doing what they knew how to do best. And yet, they were still empty-handed. They couldn't catch any fish. And they needed Jesus, Jesus' word, which I'm going to talk about more in a moment. But why is this interesting? So this is the, the, the last miracle that they saw him do. This is also the first miracle they saw him do. I believe Jesus was reminding them that there's a life better than normal. He was telling them, hey, remember when I first called you? Remember the miracle I first did when you were first introduced to me. Remember that. 
There's a life better than what you're used to. I want to encourage y'all guys, y'all young people tonight. There's a life better than what you're used to. Some of you are used to the same types of relationships. Going around in a circle, doing the same thing. Some of you are used used to quitting. Some of you are used to giving up. Some of you are used to, I don't know, you could fill, fill in the blank. You're used to, to blaming others for where you're at. But there's a life better than what you're used to. Um, but two questions to ask before we go to the second point. Two questions to ask when jumping out of the boat of normal is first, what are you jumping away from? Okay, so it's important to have a to-do list, but it's also important to have a not-to-do list. So I encourage y'all guys in this next season of your life, if you want to go to the next level, create a not-to-do list. I'm going to jump away from that. I'm going to step away from that. I'm going to stop doing that and stop doing it. And then the second thing, the second question is, what are you stepping into? I hate it when I see people leave church and um, they leave for one reason or another. They're, They're offended or something. And we ask them, hey, well, where are you going? Where are you going? And they have no idea. And, and it, it, it saddens me because they're not jumping into something. That's the thing, is when you're jumping away from something, you have to be jumping into something. Yeah, that, that's how the Spirit of God leads. He leads you into a seed, a shining seed, is what the Word of God says, from glory to glory. So what are you stepping into? Um, so I want to ask you that. What do you need to jump out of, and what do you need to jump into? Ask yourself that, those questions. That's the first question. So jump out of the, the, uh, the first point, jump out of the boat. The second point, is coming from verse 6. So let's check it out. Um, verse 6 says, Then he said, Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. So like I made the point a moment ago, this is not a, a huge boat. This is a small boat. But what was the difference? See, the, the, the difference between the way they were doing things and then the way Jesus told them to do it was his word was involved. Okay? So he gave them a word. So the second point is live life by God's word. This is how to live life better than normal. Live life by God's word. So th- in this point, I want, what, I want, what I want you all to get, I don't want you to hear just, okay, read your Bible. That's not what I'm saying in this point. Okay? Um, what I'm saying in this point is I'm telling you to live by God's word. And the way you live by God's word, first you've got to hear it, right? And the way you hear it is you do read it, of course. But, um, but I, wanna, I want you to go further than just reading it. Because a lot of times you can read it as a to-do list or just something to get off your, your to-do list. And you don't really understand what it's saying. But I want you all to really grasp God's word and live by it. That's how, you, that's how you live from glory to glory. That's how you live above normal. That's how you live a life. Um, that's how you thrive in life. So, I, I want to tell you all this example. During this quarantine, uh, and I want to tell you, I want to explain to you all what I'm talking about by living by God's word. During this quarantine, of course, the past couple months, uh, I want to say the first, the first month or so, we um, got some concerning news. Uh, my wife and I, my family, we, she took our daughter um, to, the doc, to the doctor for a checkup. And they, the, her regular doctor, or her doc, the doctor that she saw, uh, gave, her, gave Trelawney, I wasn't there, but gave Trelawney some alarming news or concerning news about uh, our daughter, Addie. And so um, 
she, she gave her that, that news, so it kind of concerned us. She brought it up. She, Trelawney called me right away and told me what the doctor had said. It was some, uh, some, a concern about her heart. And um, so we heard it. Um, it, it was concerning, but I, I chose right then and there. The, the, the scriptures say, don't worry about anything, right? Instead, pray about everything. So I grabbed that word. That's something that I quote all the time. That's something that I know, and that's something that I chose to live. And I chose that. I, I said, you know what? We're not going to worry. Of course, that's, that's, that's the report. That's what she said, okay? She said um, that a doctor was going to reach out uh, to us in a couple of weeks to do some tests on her and run some tests. And so we're like, okay. So it was like the course of, I want to say, uh, three weeks or so that before, um, before everything, we heard everything. But, um, but what, I, what we began to do is we uh, began, of course, to to pray over her and, and quote scripture over her. And, and these are th this is not something, um, now quoting scripture over our kids is not something that we just, just happened because we heard bad news. No, this is something that we've been doing since th they've been born. We quote scripture over them, we pray over them. And so it was nothing out of the normal. Um, but we began to pray more fervently. I began to pray more fervently of scriptures over her. And, and Isaiah 53, five says uh, that he was beaten so we could be whole. He w was whipped so that we could be healed. Um, I mean, so Psalm 103.3 says that he forgave our sins. He healed our diseases. There's just scripture after scripture that shows that we are whole and we are healed in Jesus Christ. Um, an another scripture says that he personally carried our sins on the cross, uh, in his body on the cross, and by his stripes we were healed. So these are, these are things that we just began to pray over her and believe. And I... Um, I wasn't afraid. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was, it was on my mind a lot thinking about it. But um, after she ran those tests, uh, praise God, the, uh, the doctor gave us a good report and said she was perfectly healthy. Her heart was perfectly fine and it, it was perfectly healthy. And so thank God, like we praise God. And, and just thinking about that, it's, it, I, man, God is so good. And, um, but we, we chose to live life by God's word. And I'm telling you all, that's better than normal because... Man, I, I don't want to be living life worried or afraid. And there's another scripture that says, those who fear the Lord, the godly, are like trees planted along the riverbank, and they do not fear bad news. And I love that scripture, and it's a scripture that we live by. So um, I'm, I'm encouraging you guys, live life through God's word, by God's word. Your life should not be dictated by life circumstances. It should be directed by God's word. See, too many people's life, uh, lives are dictated by life circumstances, whatever happens to them, rather than what God's word has already said about them. So that, that's the power. There, there's power, I'm telling you all guys, in daily declaration. There's so much power in daily declaration. Like if you declare, start declaring the word of God over your life, not just be, until something happens. I'm telling you all, when you, do, when you live life like that until something happens, you, you'll give up. But if you live it on the daily and you declare God's word over your life, if, if you need provision over your life, the, the, the scriptures say that, our, that Jesus, he's our provider. And God, our God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and his glory through Christ Jesus. And uh, if you need a healing, a miracle, I just quoted some scriptures from y'all. If you're dealing with depression or anxiety, there, there's, there's so many words and promises in God's, in God's scriptures about those things that we have victory over. Amen? So there's power in daily declaration. Daily declaration will change your life. Don't let your circumstances change your life. Let your declarations change your circumstances. That was pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to amen myself on that one. Don't let your circumstances change your life. 
Let your declarations change your circumstances. Jesus said, he told his disciples, if you say to this mountain, get up and move, and if you believe in your heart, you don't have any doubt, that mountain will move. That is insane to me, like to think about that, a mountain moving. But Jesus said it, and it's true. But that, that's the key, is you can't doubt in your heart. So that's the second point, and the third point comes out of verse 9. It says, When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard, dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish. The net had not torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. That's an invitation. Doesn't that sound so awesome? Jesus is, is inviting you, come and have breakfast. In, in Revelation 3.20, I don't have time to go there, but Revelation 3.20 even says that, that Jesus says it with his words. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. And those of you who answer and invite me in, I will come in and share a meal with you. And this is the third point, is to stay in the presence of God. Stay in the presence of God. Peter left, jumped out of the boat, and he went into the presence of God. And I'm not just talking about prayer either, okay? Even though prayer is, is a vital uh, thing to your spiritual walk and your spiritual life, I'm not just talking about prayer. I'm talking about living a life in the presence of God. A life walking in obedience. A, a wife, a, 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 a wife. <laughs> oh, that would be good right to some of y'all guys. Um, a life walking in the favor of God. A life sensitive to the Holy Spirit. This is, this is a life um, in the presence of God. Not just in your prayer time, but a life sensitive to the Holy Spirit, walking in obedience, walking in the favor and the fullness, flourishing, thriving. So he left behind, Peter left behind what he thought he wanted. He was there all night fishing, right? He thought he wanted fish to be with Jesus. Peter left behind where he had been putting his time, his energy, and his effort to get in the presence of Jesus. So what exactly did Peter leave behind? What did Peter, what did Peter jump out of? He left behind fish, right? <laughs> That's what it, Jesus said to cast your net on the other side. He pulled in a huge net of fish, and he left it behind. But what was waiting for him at the shore? Fish. <laughs> but it was fish prepared by Jesus. Can you imagine how good a breakfast tastes that Jesus prepared for you? That God, our Creator, uh, prepared for you? Imagine how good that breakfast tastes. When you're living life outside of the presence of God, things just don't taste right. You're trying to force things. You're trying to force a relationship. You're trying to force a job. You're getting into debt. Things just don't taste right. You're forcing them. They're, 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 it's life done out of your own efforts, out of your own strength. But when you live life uh, in the presence, when you live life by the fire, that's where he was at. He, there was fire at the shore that Jesus was cooking up. When you live life by the fire, everything tastes just right. Are y'all receiving anything tonight? And I like using the example of, because we're young adults, right? Everybody here is a young adult. And um, a lot of times, young adults, you're, you're always thinking about 
When is my mate coming, right? When is, when is that right relationship coming? When is God going to send me my man, oh. right? God, when is, when is God going to send me my, my wifey, my, my woman? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, my experience with relationships, back, back in my younger days, um, I didn't have the right perspective about relationships. Uh, I didn't have the, the right perspective that, and, and we've, we've mentioned to y'all many times, that we believe that, you, that dating is for marriage. You date to find your mate. You date um, to find your lifelong spouse. But back then, I didn't have that perspective, and um, I dated. I, I thought you would date because, hey, you're attracted to somebody, or you date because you're bored, right? <laughs> or you date just because two people like each other, right? But that, that's like the furthest thing from the truth, and that's very dangerous. But... When I was trying to force things when I was younger, it, it just didn't taste right. It wasn't, I wasn't ready. Um, people that I were dating, girls that I weren't dating, weren't ready uh, for marriage. It was forced, um, heartache, you know what I mean? Things like that that happened. And I told y'all the, the testimony many times before when, um, when God brought Trelawney into my life. But when I made up my mind that I was gonna stop doing life and relationships and I was gonna do it my way and change my perspective, and uh, begin to, to live life by God's word, um, walking in, in purity, walking uh, the way God was telling me to walk, walking, uh, li living life in God's presence. When I least expected it, God, God prepared uh, Trelawney for me. He prepared my wife for me. I'm telling you, you do not want to prepare your, your wife for you <laughs> or your husband for you. You'll, you'll mess them up, all right? I'm telling you trying to force something or trying to missionary date and um, I don't know I'll change them right I tell you I'm telling you you won't change them all right it's only gonna take God to change that person but when I when I begin to get the right perspective and live in God's presence God prepared prepare that relationship for me and, and I'm telling you doing it God's way tastes way better than doing it your way <laughs> Life just tastes better doing it God's way. Better living life better than normal. See, see normal, normalcy, everybody's out there getting in relationships, everybody's out there getting in debt, everybody's out there, I don't know, doing, yeah, partying, doing drugs, doing whatever they feel is right. But at the end of the day, they haven't caught any fish. They're still not satisfied, right? But living in God's presence doesn't mean everything's perfect. I'm not saying that. That's why I'm saying when, when even when the tough gets going, you're, you're not on a trial with God. You're all in with God. But you're living life better than normal. And that's what God, that's what God is saying today. That's what God is saying tonight to us. He's, he's calling us to thrive. Y'all hear me? Amen. Can I get an amen? All right. Let's just, let's just bow our heads at this moment. Let's just bow our heads. And, and let's just ask the Holy Spirit. Ask him what he's speaking to you tonight. I, be, I believe there's, there's a need tonight for the presence of God. There's a need tonight for the word of God. I believe some of you guys are hungry. You've, you've been hungry. You've been thirsty for the presence of God. You've been empty. And I believe God is stirring something up inside of you. And I believe you, some of you even came here tonight with an expectancy. And I believe that, that God is doing something in your life. And, and, but just ask yourself, just take this time, take this moment. Just what is, a, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you through this message? And just allow him to speak to you tonight.
Don't worry about what's, what's going on. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. God, thank you. Thank you for your word tonight, God. You're so good, Lord Jesus. We worship you here tonight, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Holy Spirit, have your way, God, in our hearts. Have your way in us, Lord Jesus. We surrender to you. Just tell them that tonight. Say, I surrender to you, God. Even in your own words, repent to God and say, God, I repent for, for doing life in my own strength, for doing life in my own efforts. God, and I commit myself to you. Just in your own words, tell them, I commit myself to you to, to do it your way, God, to do life your way. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, God, tonight. You're so worthy of our worship, Jesus. You're so worthy of our praise tonight, God. I pray that you're stirring hearts tonight, Holy Spirit. I, I pray that you're stirring up a fire, God, in these young people tonight, God, in these young adults, Lord. God, a fire that's not going to die out, God, not a fire, Lord, that's not going to grow dim, Lord of God, but a fire that's going to be contagious, Lord. I pray that these young people will put value, God, on living life in your presence, on living life, God, by your word, jumping out of the boat of normalcy, God. God, and living life for the purpose you've called them to, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that even tonight you're open up, opening up ears, God, ears that haven't been able to hear from you. God, you're opening up ears tonight. God, that we're going to be able to hear you more clearly. We're going to, God, our hearts are going to be burning, Lord, to obey you and, and passionate about you, Jesus, and, and where you're leading us, God. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. God, let this word be sealed in our hearts. God, let, don't let the enemy steal it from us. God, I pray. God, anybody here who's battling depression, God, anybody here who's battling addiction, Holy Spirit, just set them free tonight, God. Give them the strength that they need, God. Encourage them. Lord, lift up the burden off of them, God, in Jesus' name tonight. Anyone who's battling in their minds, I, I even anybody who's listening, listening to this message, God, who's battling suicidal thoughts, anybody who's battling, Lord, perversion, God, anybody who's battling addiction, God, set them free, God, Jesus. Do what only you can do, Lord. Only you can satisfy, Lord. We thank you. We believe this and we, we claim this. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message. If you'd like to stay up to date with what's happening at Limitless, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook at Hop Limitless. If you enjoyed the message today, please subscribe so that you'll always be in the know of our latest content. We'll catch you next time on the Limitless Podcast.